Welcome to the Radiant Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Chapman, and if there's one thing I believe, it's that you're capable of making your dreams a reality and that the world needs you to be living out your purpose. One thing I love is to chat with people doing impactful work in hopes that we can all learn something from the conversation. Not to mention, we get to apply all of that wisdom to our own journey. Each week, you will hear just that here at the Radiant Podcast. So without further ado, let's get to it. Welcome back to the Radiant Podcast. And this week, we have my friend Natalie Sasan joining us. I loved this conversation because she's here to chat all about reinvention and pivoting. I know you'll find it encouraging too, because I think all of us are going to go through pivots time and time again in our careers. So I can't wait for you to tune in. Tell me what you think after. But for now, let's get to it. Hey, Natalie. Hey. I am so excited to have you on today. I think we have quite a timely conversation to be had, and I think we've got a lot in common. So I would love for you to start by sharing your story and what you do, who you are with our listeners. I would love to. So um, if you can hear an accent, that's because I'm from New Zealand and currently based here. Um, and Actually, it's so interesting right now because I'm seeing all these people go online, work remote, using Zoom for the first time, all these incredible tools. And I've been what I would call a lifestyle entrepreneur for 11 years now. So for me, this is second nature. Um, And I quit my job back in 2008, moved to Vancouver on a whim. And um, while I was there, I co-founded a tech company. And I didn't just do that like by mistake, but I went to all these networking parties and I was super interested in starting my own business. I just wasn't sure what that was. So I was really fortunate to meet the co-founder of this brand new startup. And we created a Facebook app that allowed you to make donations and payments way back before people were making payments on Facebook. So and the recession, so tough time, right? Like just like we're going through right now. Um, and while I was that co-founder in that business, I started blogging and realized pretty quickly that it was something I loved. Um, I built a community. I took six months too long to build an email list. And my co-founder was like, hey, you know what? You really, like you're doing great, but you seem to really love blogging and maybe it's something that you want to do and maybe you could turn it into a business. And I was like, First off, thanks for noticing. Like, I thought it was really brave of him to do that. Um, and second, I was like, you know what? I think I think you're right. This has actually become the love of my life. And I remember when I walked away from the business, we parted really amicably. And then I was like, oh, my God, all I've got is a blog and nothing to my name. So, in short, I hustled like crazy and got mentors and learned as much as I could and threw everything at the wall to make this blog a profitable business by offering digital products. I had courses. Um, I went into coaching. I did not everything, but pretty much so many different ways of being able to earn money online through a blog and then through building a community and then through putting out the right offers to help that community. And that is still my business today in many ways, different blogs, different um, audience, but at the heart of everything, it's been about how do I have maximum freedom in my business with multiple ways to monetize me and um, that actually makes an impact in people's life. And that's still my philosophy today. Well, I love that. I, I love first that you mentioned that you started and that you were in a tech startup in the middle of a recession because I, I think 
you're the second person I've interviewed in like a week that launched a business in a recession. And I know whether, you know, we're just in a downturn temporarily or whatever, you know, whatever you want to call this unprecedented season, sometimes there's just going to be non-ideal situations that arise at the most untimely points in launching or growing your business. And so can you kind of share? think there's ever a time when it's timely? (laughs) Yeah, that's so true. I mean, maybe if you're a millionaire um, and you have no, you know, financial obstacles. (laughs) But other than that, you know, it's, it can feel so scary to put yourself out there and then one curveball happens and it's all of a sudden, you know, the most untimely time you can think of to launch or to grow or to, you know, even release this new initiative your business is doing. It can it can feel really scary to continue putting yourself out there. So how did you decide to take that step with blogging in the middle of an uncertain time 12 years ago? It's a great question. And, you know, I just looked at my phone, as I said, that was the time, and it was 9-11, which was kind of freaky. I'm not to just tell you that's my time here in New Zealand. So I was like, ooh, even more of a sign. And do you know what's really crazy as well is I guess in my head I didn't realize that was fully a recession at the time, which may sound strange to people, but, I mean, I just come from the U.K., whipped over to Vancouver, Canada, and so everything was new to me, and it didn't feel like I felt like I was starting from scratch anyway. Um, and it, I guess I didn't necessarily think about that, but looking back, it was right in the middle of that. So I guess that's the whole point of there is never a better time to start than now, because if you can make it during a recession, like so many of the amazing companies that exist today, I was um, doing a podcast interview with an awesome lady on my podcast just this week. And she was like, did you know that Burger King and Microsoft and Apple and Disneyland and General Motors all started, and there's many, many more examples, either in a depression or a recession. And I was like, wow, I didn't realize that. And it just, I feel like we were discussing this just before we jumped on. This is the time for entrepreneurs right now. Like we are the people who make things happen during adversity, during crisis. We see opportunity and potential everywhere when everybody else is panicking. And I think that's kind of our superpower. And it's not that we're not panicking either. So when I was starting out with just this blog and literally nothing else, the necessity and need for me to make it happen overrode any sense of fear of what if. Um, It overrode every piece of imposter syndrome because it was, you know, it's all I had and I had to make it happen. And that's how I viewed it. Um, And those are the best times, I think, when we're our backs up against the wall. It's when we come out fighting and with some of our best ideas and we make things happen because it's almost like every single other thing doesn't matter. This is all we have to do. And right now it's our chance to survive and not only that, but thrive. So I think it's that kind of attitude of just like there's there's no other way. So we have to make it work. And I think when I'm faced with that, I rise up to it. And that defines who you are as a person. Right. And I, I want to believe that most people when their back is against the wall, will rise up and they'll find a way. Oh, I 100% agree. I actually find the harder seasons to be the dread of what if I can't make it happen um, Mm -hmm. when things are a little more stable or not as much as at stake. Maybe it's in the prep phase, not the launch phase. You know what I mean? Like that season is actually always a little more challenging for me mindset wise. But when it comes time to show up and my back's against the wall and you know what, I've got to make this work. 
I actually am usually more at peace than I anticipated I could be. And yeah. I make it work because I have to. And I do think that's kind of the lifeblood of an entrepreneur. I mean, I mean, I think the goal for all of us would to 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 get to that place where it doesn't always feel like your back's against the wall. But there's also the reality of probably when something's thriving, we'll have a new idea that will Mm -hmm. then in turn need launching, maybe not as much as at stake at that point. But, you know, if you're innovative in any way, you're going to have something new you want to release into the world. And so there's always that kind of, okay, it's time to show up and step up. Um, and I always surprise myself in these kind of scary seasons. <laughs> this season, particularly, I, I had a pretty crazy year last year. Um, and, and it's really surprised me how I've been able to show up in the midst of, you know, true crisis um, in a really stable and calm, calm place because of the work I did in uncertainty last year, which was like totally not related to a global crisis, just a crisis in my business. And so um, I did a lot of mindset work that enabled me to show up this year a little more confident, a little one step ahead of where I would have responded last year. So it's, it's cool to see yourself evolve in that way. One of mm-hmm. your main messages is evolving your brand without thinking it. And so can you kind of share about, you know, we, st- we started planning for this conversation long before we had a world pandemic. What <laughs> has that looked like for you over the years? And then how is that super timely for right now? Oh, yeah, it's, um, it is actually super timely because over the years, it has been quite the journey to start off as your own personal brand. So for those who don't know, I was the suitcase entrepreneur. That was my blog. That was my brand for about eight years. And I lived and breathed being the suitcase entrepreneur. I traveled the world. I lived out of my suitcase. I racked up 70 countries that I visited and I literally had no home. So I would just bounce between countries, speaking gigs, people I wanted to meet, conferences, Frisbee. I mean, it was nuts. And I look back now, six and a half years of that was full time doing that. And I'm like, how the heck did I do that? It must have been exhausting. Now I can see why people used to say the same to me. But it really was my personal brand that started out serving a community. But pretty quickly, people used to come to just know me as that person. So I'd either be Natalie Sisson or the suitcase entrepreneur, which is amazing, right? But when I got back to New Zealand in late um, 2016, it didn't feel quite right or in alignment to still be talking about traveling the world when I actually was finally coming home to sort of set up a bit of a base. Um, I finally felt like my digital nomad time was just not coming to an end because I'll always love to travel and right now, not possible. Um, (laughs) But I I did just kind of feel like I wanted to grow up a little, have a home base, invest in properties here and just do something a little different without walking away from everything that I'd built up and this reputation and and presence and business. And what started there was me going through, okay, well, what does the new Natalie system look like? How can I still be me? But but walk away from this. Um, and the business still exists and it, it sits there. It's a great blog and it gets heaps of organic search, but I don't actually have anything to really do with it anymore. And it was such a tough time, Kelsey. I'm not going to lie. Like I thought it would be quite easy to pivot and transition and create this new identity. And what did that look like? And in all honesty, and people probably aren't going to want to hear this, I reckon it's taken about two years, two to two and a half years to fully like ease into and 
sit with and be comfortable and super happy and thrilled with me as a personal brand and my mission and my offers and who I serve. And it took a lot of soul searching and understanding of, okay, well, without being the suitcase entrepreneur anymore, who am I? Like, what do I have to offer and what skills do I have? And speaking to the hard time that you've had recently, which I'd love to hear about another time, um, I found that it really knocked my confidence for a while and that I kind of had to rethink and re-understand what it is that I do and the skills that I have. And I still had them. It's just that I feel like when you walk away from one identity that you're so strongly tied to. yeah. You, you kind of forget what you've built up and that that can be transferred to any new business, any new business. But I was like, oh, without that, I'm nothing, which is so not true. I wasn't being dramatic, but I literally let myself oh, wallow yeah. in this. Who the heck am I now? What can I bring? How can I turn up and be useful? And it was pretty painful at times, but I, I'm really glad I went on the journey. And I did give myself a bit of a, a business sabbatical to do that. Uh, which there are pros and cons to. But um, I'm not going to say it was easy, but I think it was just staying super true to who I wanted to be, how I wanted to show up, and who I wanted to serve. And also, I've kept this little feedback and love folder on my email inbox for as long as I've had my business. And during that time, I went back through those emails and I read what people said about me and what they appreciated and what things they found value in and how I had maybe change their life through my book or my podcast. And it was, I highly recommend for anybody to keep that in business because on the days when you are super down or you just don't, you just don't feel like soldiering on, those are the times when you want to read that feedback to like rev you back up and go, no, people need me. I need to serve them. I need to, I need to put myself out there and I need to get back up and I need to, you know, make things happen. I totally agree. I actually have a sunshine folder in my email of just oh, all I love thoughtful <laughs> messages. And then I have a folder on my notes that's like text messages I get from friends. And one thing, I don't know about you, but one thing I found to be helpful is, especially if you're kind of an ideas person, which I would assume most, you know, entrepreneurs, small business owners listening probably are. Um, but for me, even if it was free, hopping on a phone call and problem solving for someone like, oh, I'm having this thing and my, you know, one of your kind of, even though you might be doubting all of your sweet spots, one of your sweet spots, just see how your ideas can transfer. For instance, I, you know, when my Instagram agency, when we closed up shop, I was very much in an identity crisis of like, am I a 29 year old peaker? Will I ever be that successful again? Can I ever build something <laughs> like that again? All of those things. And mm. I found that over the course of the year, I could still hop on a call and talk digital marketing strategy. Even if I wasn't doing that anymore, I could still help problem solve. Like, oh, I really need to get my books message out into the world. And I'm like, oh, here's all the ways you could do that. And, and I found that when someone would say to me, Hey, that really helped me. It it helped me with that part of me that was still questioning, like, do I have anything to bring to the table? It's like, yeah, it might have been free and it might have been 30 minutes of my day, but it reinforced that I am capable and I do have something that's someone else's weakness that I can come in and fill the gap. You know, that was really, really helpful for me. I, what what did you find to be helpful for you on the days where your confidence is shot, your evolving, you know, it's the next right step, you know, it's time to step into the new season, but you have all of this doubt all of a sudden. 
Well, actually, I'd love to speak to just one little thing there that sparked something in me is that I think it's easier when you're starting out and, and doing a new business to have more confidence. I know this sounds really odd, but it's kind of like you've got nothing to lose. You throw everything into it. Um, whereas where I've got to and a little bit like you is we'd both built reputations, tons of skills, lots of experience, lots of success. And it's almost like when you get to that point, you think that all that stuff's still on the line because it's so tied up in who you are and your identity. And so in some ways it's harder to be brave and just go for it and make it happen because you almost like you have to actually detach yourself from that person and go, no, I'm starting from scratch again. And that's actually what I felt I had to do. So I, I, I kept the feedback and love. I kept the outside peers, friends, community who were saying, hey, Nat, you do this really well. Like That was really helpful at the time to almost have them reinstate what I knew to be true because it's pretty rare I'm going to say in my life I don't typically suffer from confidence issues but I do feel being an entrepreneur it tests that more than anything and yes. so this period was a little bit more like I did lean on peers friends and community and I just listened to what they had to say and they were actually the people who sort of restored my faith in me because when I couldn't see it they were like oh Nat you're excellent at doing this or this and I was like oh am I? <laughs> Great. And I would like literally observe and take that back in until such point that I like actually believed it myself again, which was just, you know, I think we all go through these times, but it really helped to just get outside perspective, stop listening to the imposter syndrome and inner critic in my head and go, actually, let's just look at the reality here. I didn't lose all my skills overnight. I still have every single one of them. I didn't lose all my experience. I didn't lose all my customers or clients. I've just shifted in what I now do and and how I show up. Um, and so sometimes it's just getting a great old reality check from people who know you well and people who love and admire you. Um, and then also doing the inner work, I think, is still really, really important. So I just wanted to sort of make that caveat that I think when you've been through success, it feels almost sometimes harder to rebuild or go through it again. But I think it's, as we said earlier on, it's what we do best. When we let our ego get out of the way and we just focus on what we do well, that's when oh, I think yeah. you can really make a transition. I totally agree. I totally agree. It was it was harder with this pivot and evolution than it was getting started. One hundred percent. Interesting, hey. <laughs> Sometimes that that new beginner's mind is the most joyful place to be, and mm -hmm. that's where I drop back into when I'm getting all too complicated and up in my own self. That even makes sense, and I just drop yep. back to. What do I need right now if I was starting out? Let's take myself back to that place and let's go. Well, I love that. I mean, I might need to tap into that a little more often <laughs> if I can just get my mind there. You're listening to the Converge Podcast Network. And now a message from a network supporter. The final countdown has begun. Whatever you do, don't miss the end of year clearance this weekend at Levin's. Save up to 60% on closeout special buys and doorbusters. Plus, get an extra 15% off all sale merchandise and take up to 60 months to pay. Save 308 on our Wilmington Sofa Chase. Now 891 with extra discounts. Plus, get the 100th anniversary hybrid mattress. Now only 398. The final countdown. Now at Levin Furniture and Mattress. 
This podcast is sponsored by Denison Ministries. Denison Ministries is a movement creating 7 million culture-changing Christians who are committed to carrying out the truths of the gospel to their sphere of influence through a variety of ways, which is why Denison Ministries is excited about sponsoring what God is up to on the Radiant Podcast. One of the cool ways Denison Ministries helps Christians feel closer to God is through their first 15 devotional. First 15 is designed to help you spend the first 15 minutes of your day experiencing God through meaningful devotional, scripture, worship, and prayer. Grow closer to God this year. You can sign up to get the first 15 email devotional sent directly to your inbox at first15.org slash subscribe, or start your day off with the first 15 devotional podcast anywhere you listen. kind of decided it was time to kind of shift gears a little bit. You wanted to settle down. You felt like you're moving away from this suitcase entrepreneur identity. What came next and how long did it take for you to fully pivot? Because because I know in my experience, even, even right now, where I'm at today, it's taken a year of trying to see the common thread in my gifts and talents and how those could be used from all of the years of experience I have and my past, you know, big offer career focus, I'm just now seeing a year in, oh, I think this is, I knew I've been evolving. I knew like I closed a door on a season, but there's kind of been this interim, like this in-between of like, I'm not sure what's next. So I'm going to try to take this slow And I'll make some money however I need to make some money, whether that's picking up this retainer client, whatever. But I'm not going to rush into the next thing without being fully aware of how I want to reinvent myself, which I know you love to talk about reinvention. So we'll get there. Mm -hmm. But how long did it take you? Because for me, the in-between has been very real. Yeah. Well, as I said, I I feel like... It took about three months of some decent business sabbatical, a bit of soul searching, some just taking courses, doing whatever I want, just allowing myself to be free from running a business. Then from there, I kind of, it was actually going to take a whole year off. And I was like, no, at three months and I was like, I'm bored. I need to do something. I really <laughs> want to get back into business. Um, so I had always thought that it would come under my own personal brand. I did think about starting other things, but I was like, no, when you're your own personal brand, your business can change as many times as it needs, but you're still the fundamental foundation of it. So I've seen people do um, some really great shifts from having a business name to their own personal brand. And there's, again, pros and cons to doing both. But in my mind, I was like, I'm the only person I've got for the rest of my life. So I need to build (laughs) up my credibility and foundation from that. And under my name, I can launch different businesses if I need. So that was, once I made that decision, that was cool. And then I did like an audit. And this is what I actually do with my clients. I get them to do, you talked about it before, their sweet spot. What do you enjoy doing or love doing? What are you good at or even great at? And what will people pay you for? And I almost went back to that sweet spot diagram and just listed it all out. And from there, that's how I often then get the idea of going, okay. And the fourth bit to that is what is meaningful to you. And that had changed for me. So what am I good at or great at? What do I love doing? What will people pay me for and what is meaningful to me? And now that I wasn't traveling around the world, I'd actually had quite a lot of feedback from my community 
who was saying, oh, it's actually really nice because you resonate with me more now. Before I used to live vicariously through your adventures, but I thought you were a bit crazy. And now you settled down and you've got a dog and you've got a partner in a house. It feels a bit more real to me. But but again, as I was saying, my skill set and experience was still there. So that helped the direction. Um, I knew what I had done in the past and what I wanted to keep because I don't don't think you should throw everything out with the, you know, you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. I was like, I really love group coaching and experiences. I really love um, writing books and I love my podcast. So let's just stick with those things for now and then build out from there. So I think it was about look, taking a really good look at my business, how it had performed in the past, what brought me joy, what revenue streams were most lucrative, which things did I enjoy and I wanted to carry on and what things could I could I drop. And that made way for space for new things to pop in. Um, and then the third part that really helped my transition is that my partner and I, because at one point I was so lost and it's so not like me, I always have goals and I, I know where I'm going and I have intentions and aspirations. And um, we actually started talking. At, we went for this walk and talk while we we're over in Australia on a holiday. And he said, so, you know, what do you want to be doing in five years from now? What can you do right now? Like we just brainstormed through things and we we almost ended up having like a goal setting walk and talk. And it was really incredibly valuable for me at that point and then we came back to the house that we were in the Airbnb and he said well let's spreadsheet some of this because he's a bit geeky like me and I was like okay and he's like well what can we do just in the next month that will make you feel good and what can we do in the next just three months you know 90 days rather than looking out let's get our big picture vision of where you'd like to be because at that point I didn't really have that normally I do and he's like but let's just come back to the next you know, month and 90 days. Um, and from that, we actually built a, I could you not, we built like this beautiful system we call Life Pilot that allows us to track our big long-term vision, our annual vision across certain areas of our life and business through to our quarterlies, monthlies, weeklies, and even dailies. What is the most important action that I can do today? And um, it's just been, we still use, it's two and a half years of using our own sort of goal setting and intention setting system and method. And then we actually turned it into a product. So I'm just saying that outside of that is don't discount the the moments where you're going through the tough times because out of that came this beautiful tool, as we call it, and course. And um, it's going super well today and it's helped lots of people just because it helped us in that time. So I don't know. I just thought I'd throw that in there as a time of adversity came something pretty beautiful. And just having that focus of what do I want to do in the next 90 days, that it gave me a really great grounding what was possible, what was something small and minimum viable that I could do, launch or practice. Um, and that really, really helped rather than trying to go, what's the big long term massive mission and vision? Because I only just pulled my new mission together in the last three months, which is nuts. Um, so wow. it just, I think I just want to sort of show people that I think they need to Yes, you need to take action, but you also need to go easy on yourself when you're making a time of transition. And as Kelsey said at the beginning of this, you know, getting this podcast together and talking about this wasn't just a thing that just happened straight away. Like we've planned for all this. Deep down, you've all planned for times like this. It's just in the moment when you need to make that action happen. It's when you need to bring everything that you've learned and, and finally put it out there. So for me, it was really helpful to just focus on 90 days, what I had, what resources I had to hand, what was meaningful to me, what I knew I could do, and just go 90 days at a time. 
Um, so if that helps people who are a little bit overwhelmed right now, I feel like having that shorter term focus with a longer term vision out there for you is really going to help you get unstuck and take action. I totally agree. I think for me, especially the piece about adversity, just allowing things to bloom from that. I I think some of my deepest life messages, some of my best offers have come from really overcoming pain points and then being able to not just express sympathy with someone, I then in turn get to turn around and help walk through it with, whether that's in coaching or in life, mentorship, whatever, but I get to feel empathy. I get to say like, girl, I've been there. I can, I, I don't just, I don't just watch you and want to help you overcome it. I've lived it and I'll tell you everything I know. And so I, I think <laughs> some of our, our greatest, you know, ways we can give back come from those seasons. Does it make it fun to go through it? No way. But mm-hmm. I, I think on the other side, not that I want to relive it, but I'm always thankful for those seasons of adversity and what I allow that to cultivate in me. I, I've, I've said time and time again, walking through a business disappearing overnight last year forced me to do, I mean, I had a choice, but forced mm-hmm. me to do some mindset work and therapy, change a lot of different approaches to business for me that I like who I am better this year than I liked who I, than who I was this time last mm. year. Every day I'm not pulsing with anxiety. I'm pulsing with a joy and a vibrancy that's true and real, not strained and, you know, that stretched thin kind of version of yourself where you're just angry all the time. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, I mean, I think those seasons of pivoting can be deeply scary they can I'm like you I don't typically have confidence issues at the forefront of my struggles I have plenty of other (laughs) issues (laughs) but you know confidence is not usually a problem but I think pivoting can definitely uh bring out some things that you didn't really even know were there and so um I loved everything you had to say so one thing you talk about is evolving your brand and kind of taking the Madonna approach and reinventing oneself over and over again. Can you kind of expand on that? Because I love that illustration so much. Yeah, I mean, if we think about Madonna, whether you love her or don't, the thing that Madonna has done throughout her entire career is reinvent herself all the time. And I think back to when I was a teenager and all her songs coming out and how much she has changed and evolved her style, her look, her music, her audience. She is the queen of reinvention. And I think when I was going through my transition and my like, oh, what the heck do I do now? I was like, look at how many times Madonna has reinvented herself. You've only done once. You've only done it once. Like, oh my gosh, lady, you've got like five or six more reinventions in you. And I totally do actually believe that's true. And even if you think at If you look at the way jobs have been for the last 50, 60, 70 years, when people used to stay in a job for 20 or 30 years, today, millennials will stay for six months to two years max, right? We are changing jobs at such a different rate. And I also feel that people in business are changing their offers, their brands, um, and their sort of business model far more than it used to be. So we do have these big businesses that have been around for so many years, but there's also these new ones popping up that change and pivot on a dime. And I'm not saying you should be changing all the time because 
consistency is key to success. <laughs> but um, but it doesn't mean that you have to stick with something for ages that really isn't floating your boat. And it doesn't mean that you can't try new things that align with your personality, your brand, your philosophy, and launch new things and try again and repeat and improve, etc. I just think we have so many amazing tools at our fingertips, technology, live videos, uh, just make it so easy for us to be able to create on the fly, but with wisdom behind us and some planning. But, you know, we can create and test and improve and do it again. And I feel like that's what Madonna does. She just like is like, okay, it's time for a new change. I've got to be relevant. I've got to stay on target. This is appealing to me right now. I'm going to change it up. This is the music I see trending out there. She wants to be ahead of the curve. She brings in artists and dancers who are younger and can help her with that. And she just keeps reinventing. And I do feel as as entrepreneurs, we need to do that. It doesn't need to look like, can I swear on this? I was going to say, it doesn't need to look like a shit show to your audience. <laughs> you still need to be turning up and providing tons of value and as I said, consistency is huge, but it doesn't mean that you can't test and try things as you see new trends coming to light that you can capitalize on. I agree. And I think you you almost have to be willing to test and try. And there's some vulnerability there. What if it fails? What if that new idea didn't work out? Sorry. Yeah, that's going to happen for anyone successful. <laughs> but I think, I mean, you're right. We're, we're in a kind of a landscape culturally that's just a lot different than these brands that lasted 70 years um, that did the same exact thing the whole time. I mean, maybe if you want to be a skincare product, sure, that might still mm. work for you. But almost all other brands have to pivot and evolve and change and finding your kind of sweet spot consistency wise within that. But I think that's a good thing. And I think there's some freedom there of like, I mean, one of the things I've had to work through pretty frequently is, oh, I'm allowed to change. I don't have to stay exactly the same just because kind of this niche worked for me for a while. Um, one thing I mentioned to you before we hopped on is I'm really interested in hearing about how people kind of went against the grain of what they should do in their mm -hmm. industry. I mean, you left, you've left two careers that were thriving. You were, you know, profitable. You were doing well for all intents and purposes. It would seem like you should stay. That's the responsible thing to do. What has it been like to leave or to, to do the unexpected thing? Because that's something I'm in therapy for. But I'm seeing a ton of personal freedom in my life. I see so much joy when I choose to show up as who I authentically am, not what I should be in whatever facet of life it is. I love that question. And I'm really glad you're doing that. Um, To be honest, I, I thought it was actually super fun. It was scary as heck, but it was also just super exciting. Um, I'm not really an adrenaline junkie, but maybe I like it a little bit. Like when I quit my corporate yeah. job, that was just, that was pure excitement at a life that could be and absolutely fed up with a life that I didn't want. Um, you know, being stuck in the corporate world with bureaucracy in London with the commute, even though it was a great job and I was earning great money, it just never felt like I was thriving. Like I was literally stuck in that nine to five grind and I'd never felt it like that before. So to me, anything that was better than that was exciting. And I was prepared to just buy that one way ticket and drop everything. And I did remember at the time thinking, well, what's the worst that could happen? I could go back to a job. Like I knew I was still totally employable. Mm -hmm. And I was like, 
So I've always got a backup option, right? But I, in this case, I just didn't want to even think there was an option. And that's why I think I really just went for it in my business. And with this change to nataliesisson.com, um, it was a little bit the same. It was kind of like just I know it sounds so obvious, doesn't it? It's just just do it because at the very worst, I could get a job or I could go doing something. I could reignite the suitcase. You know, there were so many things, but I was like, but if you don't take this leap now and make the change, when are you going to do it? So for me personally, I find the experience challenging and scary, but just exciting and full of possibility and I'm a kind of person who lives in possibility and potential and if I want to stay true to that I mean that's all over my website tap into your potential I need to be the person who shows up and and does that myself for others um, and that's why I love calling myself a leading learner I don't have all the answers I'm not an expert I'm um, not the guru I hate all those words but I am a leading learner so I'm a couple of steps ahead of you maybe several but where I'm at right now I'll always teach and learn what I'm learning and what's working for me and what's helping me succeed and then I'll share that with you and I think that helped me get out of my own way that helped me get past any ego from previous successes and how was that going to transfer to now um, and it helped make it exciting and doable rather than scary as heck yeah oh that's good I love that leading learner phrase too because I feel like that's how I operate I, I don't really like hierarchy in any kind mm -hmm. of messaging it just feels bad I'm not attracted to all the words you describe but I love leading learner because it's like let me just learn and share everything I know with you um so that we can all like be in this together so I really enjoy that and I love what you had to say of just like what's the worst that could happen that's really actually the very practical steps I've had to use with myself of like oh what's the worst that could happen me failing well mm -hmm. then I'll just start over and then I mean I, and and i deal with a little bit of anxiety. So I've had to really address that fear of like, okay, I'm going to let it play out. Oh, that worst case scenario is not horrible. You know, if it fails and I go back to a day job or we need to crash with some family or friends for a few months. Okay. That's, you know, that's the worst that can happen. That has practically worked really well for me. And that's, that's coming from someone who's really wrestled with some of those feelings. And so, man, I could, I, I've just so enjoyed this conversation and I just really love your heart to help people kind of find that sweet spot, leverage their skills, knowledge, and experience, um, and tap into their potential. So can you kind of share a little bit about what you've got going on right now, what you're working on? Cause I think, I think our listeners are going to want to hear well, it's a really good question because probably like you with this whole unprecedented time that we're going through, I have been feeling super inspired and called to service. And so I've been working on um, two courses of action to help people out right now. One is just the simplest way to get paid to be you. I mean, that's what I do, but releasing um, an offer in the next couple of weeks that's going to help people do that right now. And the other thing that I'm really focused on is for those people who are doing okay right now and do have a business that is working because they've been smart about creating multiple revenue streams or that's what they're wanting to do. Um, they've got a virtual online business. It hasn't been as impacted by um, this COVID pandemic as others. For them, I want to have this wonderful 10K club. Um, and that's because about two months ago when I set my new mission, I was really inspired to help a 1,000 women 
earn 10k a month and give one percent of that to causes or non-profits that were really dear to their heart so that's my new mission is essentially how can I help them create financial freedom and in turn give back because it's that circular economy of helping women um, to help more women grow. So with that in mind, I've just been really focused on serving them in a new club. And it's interesting because I think I've had all these other ideas at this time on how can I show up best, but it keeps coming back to helping those who right now need to take their skills, their experience, everything and turn it into something that they can earn money from that may turn into a business. And then I want to take the people in business to the next level for them. So how can they continue to scale so that they can help more of these people who are just starting out? Um, and I'm not going to lie, I have been like going back and forth on all these other things that I could do. And it's taken a lot of willpower and focus <laughs> to just stay on track. And even now I can hear myself going, so I've just every morning I'm doing a planning session on my whiteboard to make sure I've got the right things that this is going to help the most. And I'm really prioritizing what I'm who I'm here to serve and how I can best turn up at this time. I am so with you. I think we are cut from the same cloth of all the things we could be doing, but here's how I can best show up right now. And there's always room yeah. for others later. So man, Natalie, where can everyone find you and kind of keep kind of following along with what you're doing, your offers, hear from you, tell us all places. Oh, I would absolutely love for people to um, come find me on Instagram at Natalie Sisson. Um, I really, really love hanging out there and, and people being able to interact. I think it's really engaging. I'm pretty much at Natalie Sisson on everything. Um, but I'd also love for them to come across to nataliesisson.com because I have um, a really cool get paid to be you free guide and audio there if that's going to help them out. Um, in fact, I think I set up a beautiful link for you which will be um, nataliesisson.com forward slash radiant and oh, there wonderful. you guys can get that free guide just for your beautiful radiant listeners so that works that would be amazing and I just really love to continue the conversation as I said Twitter Instagram just if you found this podcast and this conversation with Kelsey and I useful I'd love to know I always I don't know about you Kelsey but as a podcaster you sometimes talking into a microphone to that one person, but I want to know who that one person is and where they're yes. at and, you know, what do they need and how can they help and what are they feeling? So I, when I'm saying that, I'm being really honest about it. Please do reach like, out. Come and on over us. and say hi. Yes, yeah. seriously. Well, <laughs> Natalie, it was a joy to have you on and I can't wait till next time. Thank you. Me too. And I'd love it next time. Hey, don't go yet. I would love it if you go over to iTunes right now and leave a review. I love hearing your feedback and it really makes a difference in getting the Radiant Podcast name out there. And while you're at it, why don't you subscribe and then share this episode on Facebook or Instagram or wherever your social media platform is of choice. Lastly, I'd love to keep up with each other. Come find me on Instagram at Kels Chapman and let's get to know each other. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network. Cozy up for the holidays with 60% off everything at Banana Republic Factory, including soft sweaters, comfy pajamas, must-have gifts, and more from $9.99. Find your nearest store now, only at Banana Republic Factory. 
Get 50 through 70% off almost everything at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Plus, shop new doorbusters for the family, including outerwear, jeans, and our Gap logo crew neck sweatshirt. Find it all at Gap Factory or GapFactory.com through December 14th. Money. Sometimes it's hard to make it all add up. With a Microsoft 365 subscription, Money in Excel helps you keep track of all your accounts in one place with added alerts and personalized budgets. Buy now at Microsoft365.com slash money.